0: The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He is Todd Vandenberg, and I, who am I this week? Garrett Cole, because I'm looking at one of his baseball cards. It's on my desk, <laughs> and why the hell not? Because he makes a lot more money why than me, not? that's why. I'm still Rob Steele. Anyway, we do have two bits of movie news this week. A whopping two, he says, holding up two fingers, knowing that Mine is the only camera that works this week, and you can't see me anyway because this is radio. It's a thing. So let's start off with the big news of the week, uh, which I believe comes courtesy of Netflix, where they are making a movie based on groupies of in sync. I'm kidding. Actually, they are making that. That's not the news. I don't care about that. The news I've got is actually worse as a second wave of COVID-19 is sweeping across Europe and that is shutting down movie theaters. Uh, Just massively shutting them down. Uh, Let's see, what is it? France has, uh, let's see, Spain has introduced a curfew from 11 PM to 6 AM. Thou shalt not be outside regardless, period. So the, everything has to close before 11, so everybody can get home by then. Um, France is doing one from right. nine to six. So, and it covers, uh, what is it, 70% of the population, thou, thou shalt be home and not watching a movie. So they're, guess what? The box office numbers are down in Europe. <laughs> Go figure. Um Yeah. It's 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 getting bad. Like, and, you I'm know what? Round point two point. is starting here, so expect to be closed down here too. I'm just saying.
1: Right. Exactly. I, I would have comments, but I'll hold them for the other show.
0: It's probably probably for the best. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm just
0: saying. You know, go to a, if you can go to a theater while you can wear a mask, sit 12 feet away from somebody, and uh, you know what. I'll get to that other part later. Let's get to some good news. Because there was a bit of casting this week that has not been confirmed. But it sounds so good and has been reported on by so many people. And it has to do with Moon Knight, who a lot of people don't know yet. Yet. You will know Moon Knight. Moon Knight is basically Marvel's Egypt-powered Batman. That sounds so bizarre to say out loud, but you know what? It works, and the it, it, it's it's going to be awesome. Supposedly, allegedly, Moon Knight is going to be played by Oscar Isaac. And if you if you even remotely know the books, you know that if you're going to have a dream casting, I think that's it. And I think a lot of people didn't pick Oscar Isaac to play Moon Knight because we thought that's too good. We can't have that. And then we, you know, we might actually get it. So, wow.
1: Has now I going to I'm, I'm, gonna beg, I'm gonna beg to differ. I'm gonna beg to differ a little bit. Okay. It's not my dream casting. I, I, I will say, totally happy with it. Uh, he's a much better actor. I mean, if all you've seen him is, is, is Star Wars, do not judge him on Star Wars. And he's okay in those movies, but he doesn't really no, have don't anything do. not judge
0: him on Apocalypse. Either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Please don't. Because that is a real train wreck. But I mean, he is a really, really good actor. Yeah. And this is a very complex character, and he totally will we'll, we'll pull it off. I was honest, I was still hoping, though, for Keanu Reeves or Joaquin Phoenix, but those would be my dream parts and really Joaquin Phoenix more, but Totally on board with Oscar Isaacs. Uh, one of the things to me is there's some backlash about it where some people are upset because uh, the character Mark Spector is uh, Jewish. Oscar Isaac isn't. And my comment is, okay, Oscar Isaac is also not possessed of an Egyptian deity and doesn't have four personalities. So what, what's really important here? I'm trying to Shut think of the hell up with this. Yes. BS.
0: when I look at it actors matter, and actresses, I don't I don't ask what their religion is. I don't know what their religion is. I don't care what their religion is. You know, guess- it's
1: a fantasy. It's a freaking fantasy. You're really gonna bitch that the actor's not Jewish when he's playing someone who's possessed by an Egyptian god. Shut your just my God, open up your <laughs> freaking brain. Holy crap, I didn't hear you guys bitching that Black Widow was played by a Jewish actress. I mean, she? she's, Black Widow is not Jewish. Oscar, Scarlett Johansson is. So what's the problem there?
0: You I should pick at that. That's your
1: issue. You know, exactly. So shut up with this crap. You know, I, I totally get it. To some extent, speaking of Scarlett Johansson, not really the smartest move to have her playing the title role when it's a Japanese character, when he totally whitewashed a thing in one of Rob's favorite.
0: That, that is Japanese one of my favorite anime. Um, don't, don't take I get that, that away from me, damn it. But they did.
1: <laughs> but just shut up with this crap. He's not Jewish. That's terrible. I was like, hmm, doesn't really need to be for this kind of role. We're not playing freaking Schindler's List, okay? Shut up!
0: You know something? I was trying to think of a segue to get into the movies, and I think I just got it. And it is the worst segue I've ever done. Woo! One of the Love defining it. traits that we that we usually associate with with Judaism is yes. is the is the rather prolific or profound nose. Now the main character in the first movie I'm going to talk about couldn't have been Jewish because he didn't have a nose. See, that's the worst like segue it. I've ever done. That's pretty I'm horrific. going thank you. Well it's a horror movie.
1: Which is So it fits. It fits. Um it fits. and a lot of people I, know the character already just from that, I think.
0: Well, yeah, I would I would think so, considering I we hope. talked about it in pre-pro. Hi, Ted. See, I get to do it this week, so there. Um, <laughs> going back almost 100 years for this movie, it is 95 yep. years old. The original Phantom of the Opera. Now, I'm going to explain why I went back for this. And it has nothing to do uh, with Halloween, because we're still in that season. I know it was a couple days ago. Don't worry about that. The reason, and this is so stupid and I should have known this, I have seen pictures of the Phantom from that movie all my life because they've existed. I did not, I just knew it was a character called the Phantom. I did not put it together with Phantom of the Opera, which in my head was always associated with that damn musical. It wasn't until this past week <laughs> that I saw something that put the two of them together and I went, "Oh my god, that's what that is." And it's a non not only is it not the musical version, it's a silent film because it's from 1925. Yep. Now, by silent film, uh there's no dialogue, but there's lots of piano. And I'm going to get to something on that in in, in a minute i just didn't realize that that phantom was from the phantom of the opera so let, let's talk about that for those of you who don't know it very well like i didn't uh there's a deformed guy he has no nose but wears a mask uh who was locked away a long time ago with no explanation given in this movie but he escaped and now haunts an. actually it's not an opera house it's a ballet house so it, it should be phantom of the ballet even though they're doing operas there you know what? Whatever. That's a minor plot thing. Anyway, he's haunting the Opera House and he falls for a. I've forgotten the t- technical term. It's the backup diva. If you, right. It, do you, you know what I'm talking Understudy. There we go.
1: I knew there's, there was a the understudy.
0: Up. Backup diva sounds wrong. Understudy. There we the go. The
1: beautiful Christine.
0: Yes. So what he does to get to. To the understudy, Christine, is he threatens the main diva with letters that says, "Oh, bad things will happen to you if you perform," so she doesn't. And Christine gets to play in the opera, and oh, that's wonderful. And he he uh, he he's never met her. He talks to her through a wall and has coached her the whole time. And she he tells her, "Oh, you must uh, now that you've uh, sung in the opera." I have fulfilled my part of our friendship because uh, there's a contract apparently. And now you must leave everything for me, including your fiance, who was he a cop? I could never really tell because it was a silent film and in black and white and kind of grainy. Anyway, he's she he's leaves him, uh, runs off with, with Eric, the phantom. And eventually, uh, you know, gets his mask off and we get the reveal of the Phantom looking at the camera with this big, creepy looking face. Uh, uh, It's creepy today. But so especially back in 1925, had to be absolutely horrific. Uh, Played by Lon Chaney, because how can it not be? But, you know, so. He, he gets, the, gets her and locks her away in the sewer, but she escapes and comes back. And there's, there's plot. But he uh, wanted to get the girl. He didn't get the girl. There's the cop who gets his friends, and there's the people in the theater. You know what? It's a very complicated movie. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. You should watch it. Not necessarily... For the plot or the story, watch it for the special effects on his face, which are not in the movie as long as you'd think. And also for the incredibly elaborate sets that they have in this film. Uh, You know, the dressing room. Oh, it's a dressing room. How elaborate can you be with that? But there's uh, like a ballroom that, oh, my God, has to be enormous. Uh, The theater that they used in this was brilliant Um, there's a scene where he puts Christine on a horse and walks her down this massive rampway into the sewers because what sewers don't have rampways this was an incredibly elaborate almost spiral staircase kind of thing into the sewers but they had to have built it and it was beautifully done uh, for today much less 1925 Um, I think my my main problem with this is is it's not so much the piano that's making up for the silent movie. It's that the piano in places didn't make sense. Uh, By which I mean, there's there's parts where the Phantom starts playing an organ. And I was thinking in my head, even back then, they should be able to make the piano mirror what he's playing on the organ. And then don't. And I didn't get why they didn't do that. Maybe they just didn't think yeah. of it because movies were new. I don't know. But uh, even with Halloween being over, you know what? You can wait till next year if you want to. But I can tell you right now, it's available on a streaming service called Tubi or Tubby, I'm not sure which. T-U-B-I. Look it up. It's free. And you can watch Phantom of the Opera from 1925 without having to worry about getting any of those stupid songs stuck in your head. Which is a good thing. Because the musical version...
1: Which is a very good I, thing. I
0: did not like the musical version.
1: And, and this has been redone a lot of times not as a musical version, but as a horror film. And it gives a little more context to the background. And in the original, he's born uh, messed up. And he actually is like an architect who's helped design all the catacombs underneath the opera house, so that's why he had these all these weird hidden passageways because he built them um, it It's an odd movie because it 's not what we normally would think of as a horror movie because it's more of kind of a suspense romance thing for most of it, it until is. you get the big and massive and it's like, "Oh my God, it's funny because I actually showed one of my kids. Uh, not my children, but kids that I work with, and I showed him the clip because we had a little break and showed, hey, have you ever seen this? No. And so he watched it and goes, wow, man, that's really creepy. It's like, yeah, that's 95 years ago. So it still has that power uh, because it is one of the iconic horror images is the, the Phantom of the Opera face, which is... I did not realize it was... One of the things that's cool about one. No
0: one yeah. ever told me it was of the opera. They just said, ooh, it's the Phantom. <laughs>
1: Well, that's usually what they say, the phantom, right? And Lon Chaney actually created the makeup. I mean, that's, he's a really good actor. Uh, also, basically did all of his makeup, all of his effects, uh, which is helpful because I'm actually reviewing another Lon Chaney film. Convenient. So, yeah, it's Lon Chaney night at the, at the theaters, which, and, 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 oddly enough, I just watched this last night. Um, it's no longer Halloween, and this is not quite a horror film, more of a thriller melodrama, which is really kind of what Phantom of the Opera is, but uh, this is called The Unknown. This is much newer than the movie Rob watched. This is only 93 years old. So, yeah, this came out <laughs> in twenty-seven, and this is directed by the same guy who directed Dracula with Bela Lugosi and Freaks, which is, like, one of the all-time great horror films, uh, this one is not as well-known, no pun intended. Uh, again, stars Lon Chaney, and he plays a circus performer, an armless marksman. And he's firing a rifle, with, yes, with his feet. You know, where he, We've got the woman who's up on the board, and he's shooting balloons or whatever he's doing. And then he's throwing knives at her, uh, all with his feet, because he has no arms. He's like, okay, this is a really weird act. Um, the woman that he's throwing the knives at, he's in love with her. Played by played by a very very uh, young Joan Crawford. She's some some wow. think she looks like Joan Crawford, and some she's so young you can't even freaking tell it's Joan Crawford. So, yeah, pretty pretty wild. She's in a movie in nineteen freaking twenty seven. So when Betty Davis called her an old bag, take that hint. as yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so he launching his character, he falls in love with her. And she's got kind of a hang-up about men. She doesn't like to be touched. So, oh, a guy with no arms. Perfect. You'd think. Except you find out... And this is not really a spoiler, because if you know anything about the movie, you know about it. And you find out fairly that he actually does have arms. He has strapped his arms down. And it seems a little obvious, because his his body is shaped kind of a little weird. It's because his arms are crossed in front of him. Kind of think he would have done it behind him, but eh, either way, they're gonna catch kind of show. It's not its not obvious, but he just looks a little off, you know? But he's, so he's got his arms strapped down tightly behind him, and he has one pal at the carnival who knows his secret because it's really hard to strap yourself down into this incredibly tight girdle. So that's what he does, and he gets, he flexes his arms and stuff. It turns out he's on the run from the cops because he killed somebody. And he would be very recognizable because the tips of his thumbs, he's got two tips of his thumbs. And it looks very realistic, and it's really freaky. It's like, what on earth is going on? This guys he doesn't have two thumbs, like, you know, six digits. But at the end of his thumbs, there's two of them on each thumb. It's like, that's, oh, that's just kind of a weird thing. It's very weird weird. So it turns out that he's actually not a very nice person, and so he starts scheming on how to win the love of this girl, and there's a circus strongman who is also in love with her, and unlike a lot of movies, especially back in this time the circus strongman was usually a jerk or worse, this guy's actually a really nice guy. Um and he can't quite figure out why she doesn't like to be touched and held, so obviously something horrible happened to her in the past. Uh they don't really delve into that. So it's this romantic triangle and the ways that Lon Chaney tries to win her affection. Uh, And he goes to some pretty extreme lengths, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, And then it gets to be not quite a horror film again, but kind of a murdery kind of movie. Uh, So you'll just have to watch it, and you can watch this on Amazon Prime. Uh, So it is out there. It's available on on a few different streaming services, actually, so called The Unknown. Make sure you're looking for the one in 1927. Um, and again, the production values are actually pretty good on this one. And it's also a nice clean print, which is nice that it's been restored. So
0: that's helpful.
1: Um, it's a short movie. It is just a little over an hour. Um, so it won't take you too long to go through it. And I really I just, good performance by Lon Chaney. Uh,
0: I just looked up the thumb thing, and that is weird. It's well done, but it's weird.
1: Yeah, it looks really bizarre. It is very well done because it does not look fake at all. Uh, and one of the odd things about this is that he doesn't really have any odd makeup on his face because a lot of the characters, he did a version of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Phantom like that like you had talked about, a lot of really horrific characters that he had done. Uh, Not in this case, except for the weird thing about the thumbs and spending a lot of the movie with his arms strapped down and think he doesn't have any arms. So, Uh, but it is uh, the physical ability of this guy uh, absolutely amazing. The stuff that he's done in some of his movies, because like in this case, he is throwing knives with his feet. He he lights cigarettes and smokes with his feet. He's flexible enough to put his foot up to his mouth and smoke a cigarette. And it's like, what the heck? but Lon Chaney is not that well-remembered these days because that's a long time ago. Excellent actor, a much better actor than his son, who was the Wolfman in 1943. And he was an okay actor, but Lon Chaney was an excellent actor and did some pretty iconic films. And uh, I don't think The uh, the Unknown is quite the set. It's not the status of The Phantom of the Opera, but pretty good movie. Definitely. If you're going to watch one of them, watch
0: the Phantom. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep up with the iconic thing and go with a, uh, follow that up with a movie. Good. Or, okay, it doesn't have Lon Chaney in it. Sorry. I'm breaking our streak, but I'm going with a movie. That's a four because it's the fourth one. And I've done one, two and three. Already. <laughs> I thought I'd go ahead and finish up the series may as well. Right. Um, because the past couple well. weeks I've talked about the Ip Man movies, it's time for the fourth one. Um, if you don't remember, Ip Man is the guy Ooh. who trained Bruce Lee. These are not strictly biography films, but they're loosely based on what actually happened to this guy, whose name actually is Ip Man. Um, we pick up where our last story left off. His wife has just died. Um, At the beginning of this film, he's actually diagnosed with cancer, uh, which sucks. But it starts in the 1960s. And we know that Ip Man dies in 1972. That's one of those biographical facts. So we know that this is probably going to be the last film in the series. Not much of a spoiler. Uh, I will, however, (laughs) spoil a little bit of something that I said I wouldn't in the previous ones. But it's been a couple weeks. You've had time to see it by now. Because in in Ip Man 2, Bruce Lee did pop up as an 11-year-old kid who said, train me. And he went, come back when you're older. In 3, Bruce is one (laughs) of his students. And now that we're in 4, Bruce Lee is fully trained and he's in San Francisco as a master teaching Americans, which does not sit well with the Chinese in America, nor the Immigration Service or the Marines. Get to the Marines in a minute. Uh Ip Man travels to San Francisco uh for two reasons, really. Neither of which have to specifically do with Bruce, even though Bruce is the one who invited him. Uh He's going to find a good school for his son, and he's going to hopefully find a cure for his cancer. So anyway, Ip Man and his student, who's played by Bruce Lee, and actually he's played, uh, I'm sorry, his student is Bruce Lee, played by, and I apologize for mispronouncing this if I do, Danny Kwok Chan, who does an incredible job, I think, uh, they do meet up and there's a, they have to deal with an incredible amount of prejudice that exists toward the Chinese uh, from pretty much yeah. everybody. Um, and there's, in my head, there's a lot of unnecessary hate going on in this film, which made it uh, difficult for me to watch because I I cannot fathom prejudices. I don't. I, I don't get it. But I realize that this is a biographical movie, and that's what happened. But that doesn't make it any easier to watch. Anyway, it's not just uh, the martial artists who are who are who are getting it. it. There's a pivotal scene where the head of the Chinese society's daughter gets relentlessly bullied at school, and that is it's 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 uncomfortable to watch. But at the same time, you know, things like that happened and they're trying to go with realism here. Anyway, uh, this is an It Man movie. So, of course, there are a lot of beautifully choreographed fight scenes. Uh, Donnie Yen, I realize he's been in a lot of stuff already, but I want to see him in more stuff. I'm being greedy. I want more. I want more Donnie Yen. (laughs) Um, he He is a spectacular actor. I want to see him in more stuff. Anyway, the Ip Man series is, is great. It really is. I highly recommend it. It has great action, great acting, a uh, great message to it uh, of anti-prejudice, which is spectacular. And I, I apologize for phrasing it like this because I'm turning it into a Pokemon series. But you got to catch all of these movies. Got to catch them all. It's a Pokemon thing, except it's not. It's Ip Man.
1: Watch <laughs> all of these.
0: I think they're all on Netflix, actually. So if you've got Netflix, they're free as far as you're concerned. Um, Watch it. They're great. And I think I, you've got something I on think Netflix. they are, and I'm, I'm glad
1: you mentioned I do have something on Netflix. But, I'm, but briefly, I'm glad you mentioned you talked about how good an actor Donnie Yen is, because he really is excellent. It's not just the fight scenes. He's a really yeah. good actor, period. Yes. Really yes. good actor. Very underrated. And really like Donnie Yen. But I do have something on Netflix. And it is also, I mean, it's not a series of films like yours is, but it, this is a new anime series on Netflix called Blood of Zeus. So an unusual anime series because a lot of times they're featuring with Chinese characters, Japanese characters. Some, some Asian background. This takes place in ancient Greece. That, that would be your hint, Blood of Zeus, as in oh, yeah. the big guy. The Thunderer, so the premises Zeus kind of played around a little bit, if you know what I mean. And he he had a few kids that weren't Haras, and this this is the story of one of them. So his name is Heron H-E-R-O-N, like the bird. Uh, maybe Hera isn't thrilled about that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is about it, it is about him discovering his true identity and finding his way through the world when Hera kind of wants him dead because she's not thrilled with him. Uh, He also has to fight some really horrific demon creatures which are kind of the spawn of the giants which were killed by the gods when they were first fighting the Titans and that's all set up in the first episode. Um, This is a really, really good series. They're all about half hour long. There's eight episodes. I'm five episodes in, and so far it's actually started off really well, stayed the course. Every single episode has been very good. Uh, some of them are a little more a bit standalone. They all move the story forward, but some of them are a little bit off the, off the path of exactly what happens with Heron, although he is in all of it. Um, I don't want to go too much into it other than it's a, it's a very interesting, fresh take on Greek mythology, but definitely has all the intrigue of the gods and how they're always fighting and bickering, and that's, kind of, that's Greek mythology, and how there's always some random child, half-human child of some god, because they like to play around. And there's always a big struggle between the factions of the gods, who's going to help them, who's not going to help them. It's all there. Um again it's an anime series but it's really violent. It is rated TV MA for a reason. Lots of lovely decapitations and and uh disembowelings and things eating people. Yeah, really fun stuff. So not for the little ones. But no. it's really well done and and it's not just an, an absolute bloodbath like the latest Mortal Kombat movie was, which I really enjoyed but it's not as over-the-top as that was. Uh, but it's not shy about showing horrific deaths. Let's put it that way. Uh, voice acting is really well done. Uh, it's created by Charlie and Vlas Palapanidis, I believe is their names. They are responsible for a few other things, like the screenplay for Immortals, which I didn't really care for that much, honestly, and Death Note, the live-action version, which I didn't really care for that much, honestly. But this is really, really good. Really well done. Uh, again, eight episodes. They're on Netflix. Half hour each. You can blitz through it in the weekend if you got some time. Absolutely very cool take on the Greek myths. It moves away from it enough to make it entertaining and fresh. But at the same time, don't you know, Zeus is all of a sudden not like some copywriter for an ad agency or something insane. So, Although that might actually be a pretty good show. I wonder where John Ham is. Anyway, Blood of Zeus highly recommended. Very very good stuff.
0: You know, I was I was thinking we keep hearing about how Zeus likes to go around and impregnate people. We and that's the Greek gods. We never hear about the Trojan gods, do we? I'm just saying. Is that
1: (laughs) must be a reason.
0: I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe that's why we why they're named that, you know,
1: could be, could be. And I have one last series to talk about, and I'm shocked, shocked. I say that Rob didn't already have this under his belt. Not Um, yet. It's on the list. But unlike, unlike Blood of Zeus, which you can watch the entire thing on Netflix, this is on Disney Plus. It's only one episode out so far watch it all at once, and that's how Disney Plus runs their stuff, so by now you probably know what I'm talking about, and yes, I'm talking about The Return of the Mandalorian. So, episode, actually, it's called Chapter 9, so it's the first episode of the second season, but they're calling it Chapter 9, and it's called The Marshal, as in, like, an Old West Marshal, that kind of guy, except he's yeah. not an Old West Marshal, but it's a Marshal of a small town. It takes place on Tatooine, yay! Oh, so if it's seven. on Tatooine... Guess who's back? The Tuscan Raiders are back. Yay! The uh, Marshal is basic, basically the Mandalorian. He's trying to find the the home the homeworld of the kid, right? So he's trying to take the kid back. He heard that there is a Mandalorian. He's got to go find the Mandalorian. He contacts the source. The source double crosses him because they always try to double cross the Mandalorian. Doesn't work out too well for him because it never does. Uh, that source is actually uh, voiced by John Leguizamo. Does a great job because he's John Leguizamo. Uh, But he finds out he has to go to Tatooine. That's where he can find the the other Mandalorian. And it's not quite who he thought it was going to be. Turns out to be the marshal of this town. It's most, I don't know, pedagogo, whatever the heck it was. But it's not most Eisley. So it's another one of these little towns. But it's kind of a ghost mining town. It's not like actual ghosts, but things have kind of
0: they Not worked ghosts. out really well.
1: Yet. Yeah, no force ghosts. Thank God. Uh, so there's there's a little problem here. There's there's a huge monster. So like think of like the sandworms. So they kind of ripped off a sandworm, but that's okay. So this this gigantic, and they call it a dragon, but it's like a sandworm.
0: Ooh, hang on a minute. Or, are, are we talking? Did we get to the quad dragons? Because that was. Um... If we go back to ye oldie original Star Wars, for those of us who read the books and the scripts and stuff, when Ben Kenobi first pops up, he makes this really bizarre sound effect to scare off the Tusken Raiders. And it's supposed to be him impersonating right. a, I think it's a, called a quat dragon. But we never got to see one.
1: Well, now you get to see one. If that's, if that's, I don't remember if that's what he said, but right. So this is the dragon. And yeah. the Tusken Raiders aren't really fond of this thing because it likes to eat them. It likes to eat anything it can stick in its enormous mouth. So they have to figure out how to, how to get rid of this dragon. So the Marshal and the Mandalorian, they kind of work together, even though they were going to fight. And then they decide, oh, well, let's work together. Uh, a lot of really good things in this. For one thing, the Marshal is played by Timothy Oliphant, Really good actor. Total fun actor. Points. Yeah, total bonus points. And he's really good in this. And they totally play to his strengths. He has a certain charm to him and they let him do that. But at the same time, he's kind of a badass, which is good. Because if you're gonna try to face off against the Mandalorian, you yeah, better be. Yep. Uh this is directed by John Favreau. more bonus points. He also is one of the writers, more bonus points. This is one of the best episodes. Uh a lot of the things I've seen is like, oh, there's more Star Wars in the Mandalorian, and like that's totally what it feels like. Very much fits in with the entire thing. Cause you got the Tusken Raiders and you got the giant monsters and there are a few other monsters too. And you've got the old West feel, which is one of the best parts of star Wars to me because it did, that's basically what it was. And it, it's just really, really well done. This is an excellent kickoff for this, the second season of the Mandalorian really, really well done. Uh, has a few little surprises to it. Um, which I ain't going to tell you because that would spoil it for you. But really fun. I mean, I really enjoyed, I'm really enjoying Blood of Zeus. I really like the unknown. But this is probably the thing I enjoyed the most was The Mandalorian. Really, really good. And we're both extremely pleased. I know about last season, right? Because
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Far better than the expectations because Star Wars hasn't really the been all that good. All right. Yeah. They were, and Feverell was doing an awesome job with this. Nice. Uh, I think The Mandalorian is easily better than anything that's come out of the Star Wars universe for uh, a few decades. So uh, I'll agree. Really good, really good stuff. So if you don't have Disney Plus yet, honestly, The Mandalorian might be a reason to, to jump on in, like, like a lot of people did last year. Good, good, good you stuff. You've got
0: The Mandalorian, and you've got uh, WandaVision coming I think it's later this month, early next month. I want to say it's Uh, November.
1: I think it's late. I think it's late next month. I believe so. Yeah. So So, coming coming up. Good stuff.
0: Good stuff to watch. I think we've given you some ideas for what to do this week. And the good news is all of these can be watched at home because yeah, we're back to that again. Europe is shutting down. Expect us to shut down again against our will because we didn't want to do it the first time. We don't want to do it now, but it's in our best interests. So you know what? We've given you choices. Stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines
1: i think we should be leaving now
0: i'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife
1: uh and on that unusually harmonious bombshell it is time to end
0: i am very disappointed
1: man we have a weird job it's shameful but uh eh, it's a living and like that he's gone Dawn, that's the end